This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall, the teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars, and that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal, soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Hey, Stiller Nation, it's Robert Golden, and you are listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to the SteelerNation.com podcast. I'm your host, G Stryker, and today we are happy to have the Steelers' former strong safety and special teams captain, Robert Golden. Rob, how you doing today? Man, I am awesome, man. Thanks for having me on here. I always love engaging with Steeler Nation, man. Uh, the first class, you know, fan base. And whenever I get the opportunity, you know, to say what's up to Steeler Nation, I'm always down for it. Nice. And I love that you're wearing your Sunday best today. Love that jersey, man. Absolutely. I'm actually in, I'm actually in a 21 this time. You know, I was 21 and number 20, you know, for my yeah. last year. So. Yeah. 21 was my favorite for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. And Coy, and I, I wanted to talk to you about this a little later on, but since you mentioned it, like you've worn a few different numbers. I know you started off with 20, you wore 21 with the Steelers and then 22 also with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Right. Um, so with, what were your reasonings behind those numbers? Or is there any like specific things that mean? Well, uh, I, I tell you what, you know, my rookie year, uh, when I was trying to make the team as an undrafted free agent, I was actually number 30. and. Uh, you know, I didn't want to ask for a number because uh, I was an undrafted free agent. So I just took whatever they gave me. And, you know, once I made the team, I was like, OK, I'd like to be number 21. Yeah. Uh, 21 is the number that I've always worn um, in high school. And the funny thing is, my high school is kind of uh, resembled after the Steelers. So we were black and gold. Yeah. And uh, I always tell this story, man. My mom, when I was in high school, she got a 21 uh, Steelers jersey and put golden on the back of it. Because it matched our uniforms, you know, in high school. And uh, I ended up, you know, becoming a Steeler. And I got the jersey number 21. And uh, the rest was history. Oh, that's and then, uh, after that, you know, we signed Joe Hayden. And Joe Hayden wasn't able to get 23 because Mike Mitchell didn't want to give it up. So yeah. 
uh, I told him, you know, I'll give up 21 for the right price. And he was willing to uh, pay, pay that price, man. So I took 20, and that's how that happened. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That is cool. Yes. And then, uh, so right now, where, where are you currently living in Steeler Nation? Uh, I'm actually here in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. I've uh, been living here for the past six years, but uh, just had my second child uh, with my wife and I. So uh, we're, we're ready to get closer back to home, which is California. So we're planning on making that move uh, within the next month or so. Oh, that's a blessing. And congratulations. Yes, because Thank you, man. The one positive that I'm finding from the whole pandemic is, is I get to stay at home with my family a lot more, and especially when you have a new baby. Absolutely. I mean, that's quite Absolutely, man. And it, it, I, me and my wife always talk about like how, uh, you know, when I was playing with my first, uh, you know, we was always on the road. Or I was always at practice. So yeah. now that I'm actually here with my second boy, I actually get to hear all the crying and uh, <laughs> experience all the whining now. And she was like, well, you was at work uh, yeah. with you, but he did the same thing. So it's good that I get to experience the whole, you know, young childhood of my of my little ones now. Oh, that's perfect. That is perfect. Yeah. So uh, you start off, obviously, you're going to University of Arizona. Right. And you're playing for the Wildcats, and you start off as a cornerback for the first couple years. Mm -hmm. So then you switch over and start playing uh, safety. Right. Uh, so why did you switch, and how different is it to play those two positions? Uh, well, you know, um, I, was, I was a corner coming in. I was a highly rated corner coming out of high school. And then uh, once I got the U of A, man, I was just – I've always been a guy that just understood defense, you know, and – um, I was always a guy that's, you know, easy to learn a playbook. And um, it was funny because one of our, our safeties, uh, which was a very talented safety that had came in, um, he ended up tearing his ACL during spring ball. And we were a young team my junior year. So uh, the coaches knew that I knew the playbook. And um, I think safety is one of the, you know, most vocal persons, you know, on the field besides the linebacker. And I was always a guy that was able to communicate the defense, and they knew that. Uh, so they felt that um, I would be able to keep the team together had I moved to safety, and Coach Mike Stoops moved me there, and I think it all worked out for the good for me. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so then um, in 2012, you're an undrafted rookie free agent. Right. And I know, like, right after the draft ends, it's like a mad scramble to try to pick up as many undrafted rookie free agents as you can. Right. Um, did you get – calls from multiple teams and what was that process like yeah um it was it was it was funny man because um i actually got calls all up through the pre-draft um you know of teams making sure it was my right number the whole things that they do you know the due diligence that they do before the draft and yeah. uh come to draft you know I, I didn't get drafted but um the funny thing is i never talked to the pittsburgh steelers uh not one time during that pre-draft moment yeah. Um, I remember them at my pro day, and um, I know the guy that recruited me uh, or that scouted me was uh, a guy named Fisher. I'm not sure if he's still in the scouting department over okay. with the Steelers or not, but um, he was scouting me, and he liked me. And um, as soon as the draft was over, he was one of the first persons that called me. And he was like, man, uh, we really want you to come here with the Steelers. You know, we're we sorry we couldn't draft you, but there's an opportunity that you can make this team, man. Um, I was like, man, I'm on board. You know, my dad was a huge Steelers fan. So um, I was like, I'm on board. And after that, after I hung up with them, you know, the Saints called me and the Miami Dolphins called me. Um, but I told them I was already a Steeler. So <laughs> that's how that all worked out. Nice. Especially since they had the colors, too, from your old Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
So it's great. So um, the Steelers noticed your skills and they signed you quickly. Uh, do you do you remember who you first spoke with then once they initially signed you? Um, like I said, the guy that scouted me uh, was Fisher, and uh, he he called me. He was the one that called me after the draft, and then. Um, once I talked to him and said that I was going to sign, I spoke with Mike Tomlin and, uh, you know, he told me that they was happy to have me and they was had a spot for me to come in and compete. And, you know, they had drafted a corner and a safety, I think that year. And, um, he said that I was going to have to compete. And that was something that I've always been able to do. That's been in my nature. And, um, I went in and competed and was able to make the 53 man roster as a rookie. And, um, I never looked back after that. Nice. Yeah. And so then you made you, you made training camp obviously like I just want to get your impressions because I know Latrobe's like a really neat atmosphere and kind of a unique atmosphere and kind of a college atmosphere too right. for, for pros especially coming right out of college so right. talk to us about your experience in Latrobe your first year and, and which Steelers kind of reached out to you to make you feel comfortable uh man, it was it was such a good group of guys my rookie year. You know, that was a um that was a well-seasoned team when I came in. I mean, we had Ryan Clark, um, Troy Palomalu, Ike Taylor. I mean, those three guys in itself, you know, they they brought me under their wings and you know, kind of showed me the ropes on, you know, how to take care of my body during training camp, how to, you know, go about my days and um, I'm forever thankful for those guys. You know, I still keep in touch with Troy and, and Ryan and Ike, you know, till this day. And I always thank them for, you know, the things that they taught me, you know, as our young, you know, stiller player trying to make the team. And, you know, most guys, you know, most teams, when you get on their team, if you're an undrafted guy, um, they kind of treat you like you're a camp body, you know, but uh, that never was the case with stiller, you know, with the whole stillers team, you know, a lot of guys showed me love and, uh, Lamar Woodley was another guy that, you know, took me under his wings and uh, showed me the ropes that he went about. So um, it was a well-seasoned team, a veteran team that um, looked out for the younger guys. And um, like I say, to this day, I'm very thankful for those guys that uh, came before me. Oh, and, and we all know, too, it's very rare for an undrafted rookie free agent to even make a team. But at least with the Steelers – our experiences as fans, we know if you're going to make the team, you're going to make it on special teams. Absolutely. Uh, off. And you were a special teams monster. Uh, <laughs> so you were always a huge part of the Steelers' coverage and kicking teams. And can you speak to us the importance of special teams then to kind of explain to Steeler Nation, who doesn't always understand how right. important it is in the game? Right. Well, well, what a, you know, to piggyback off of what you just said, you know, one thing Mike Tomlin always say, you know, he's, he always says – uh, we don't care about what means you got here. You know, if you're willing and able to contribute to our winning efforts, you got you got a spot on this team. So uh, that's one thing that Coach Tomlin always preached to the younger guys. But um, I think when it comes to special teams, it's all about a want to. You know, uh, you got to want to run down near full speed and make a tackle. You got to want to get your block. You know, it's all about uh, a want to. You know, a lot of people are able to do a lot of stuff, but are you willing to do it? And um, special teams was just something that I was willing to do. Um, playing in the NFL, you know, was, was, was my dream. You know, ever since I was a young kid, I always said that I was going to play in the NFL. So uh, when it came to me making a team, um, you know, to, to play in the NFL and fulfill my, my, my dreams as a young kid, I was willing to do whatever I had to do to make that team. So uh, special teams was my route to get on the team. And 
Um, I took it upon myself to make sure that I was given 110% effort on everything that I did to make sure that, you know, I was giving our team the best, you know, field position possible. And what were your favorite special team squads to play on? Um, punt was for sure my favorite just because I was kind of like the quarterback yeah. of the punt unit. You know, I always, you know, called out the plays and, um, you know, I was the guy that got the ball snapped and things of that nature. So uh, punt was definitely my favorite. And I'll say kickoff was my second favorite. Uh, whenever I got the opportunity, you know, to see the ball and go get it, uh, that was that was my thing that I loved doing, you know, as a defensive player. So punt and kickoff was definitely my favorites. So uh, I, I definitely know you had a talent for, you're saying, being the quarterback of the, of the punt team, and then you're also <laughs> back there throwing the football on the punt team. I want to show this quick uh, highlight here of you right. getting a direct snap at the line of scrimmage against at the, during the punt, uh, fake punt against Cincinnati. Right. And uh, it's a really – so on this play, was it a hot read to, to go that is, – is this kind of like an open play for you that, you know, right. this happened any time and it was a hot read, you saw something, uh, somebody wasn't covering uh, right. during Hayward Bay there. So walk us through this, this, uh, that play and what happened. Well, um, I don't know if Steeler Nation remember, but back in 2013, I threw that same pass to Antoine Blake. And, um, you yeah, know, on the, the other side of the field. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, the Browns, you know, they gave us this look. And, you know, Danny Smith, who's a great special teams coach. I love Danny Smith. Yeah. Uh, he's like a, a distant father for me. Um, I still keep in contact with him to till, till this day. But uh, when he came to the Steelers, he implemented like he asked me, can you throw? I'm like, yes. He said, we're going to do a lot of stuff with you, Dad, if you can throw. And I was like, all right, coach, you know. So uh, the, the first uh, special teams practice we had with Danny Smith, he put that play in. Yeah. And he was like, you know, if you ever get this look, it's on. Oh, and, uh, so we practiced that look, I mean, every day, every, every punt practice that we had uh, under Danny Smith. And um, when we got the look in 2013, we completed it. And the funny thing about it, nobody ever gave us that look again until <laughs> that year. And when they gave it to us, I was like, are they really doing this right now? And uh, yeah. once I saw it, I, I told them, you know, I gave them the signal and told them yeah. that it was on. And we executed it. And, and uh, it helped us seal that victory, man. So I was yeah. just happy that we was able to complete it. And uh, our practice was able to execute what we were working on. So what was specifically the look that you recognized to call that audible? Well, when the corner started cheating in, um, I noticed that Darius Hayward Bay was, you know, scot-free, scot wide open. So whenever, I, whenever I get a creeper coming in, then, you know, I'll give the alert. And um, once I give the alert, it's on. You know, there's no turning <laughs> off. There's no backing now. Yeah. But, you know, had the guy crept back out there, you know, we probably would have just took a delay of game. But since he didn't creep back out there, I hurried up and got the ball snapped and uh, was able to make a good throw. <laughs> And they were nice balls. Like I said, you finished your career with a perfect uh, two for two on your passes. So <laughs> right, it would have been it would have been awesome if uh, Hayward Bay would have got in the end zone and I could have got yeah. a touchdown on my record. But <laughs> I'm thankful we was able to complete that. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, yeah. so, so then in 2015 and 2016, you're named the special teams captain, which is a so it's a huge honor, and tell Steeler yeah. Nation what it's like to receive an honor like that from your teammates. Right. Well, I was actually named um, in 2014. I was co-captain with Sean Sweesome as well. Oh. So 
Um, I, I actually did three years in a row of as the special teams uh, team captain, he was which was an honor, you know, to uh, to have you know your fifty three man vote um, me as a captain. You know, I was definitely honored by it. Um, I, I felt like I wasn't really one of the uh, rah rah guys on the field. I was a guy that you know tried to lead by example. And uh, one thing about me, like I said, I've always gave one hundred and ten percent to make my dreams come true and playing in the NFL, that's what I had to do. So I was always just a hardworking guy, you know, that just tried to lead by example. And for my teammates to acknowledge me on that, you know, uh, like I say, I was honored by it. And uh, I just tried to carry the torch and help our special teams unit be the best that they could be. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, Blue Wire. Bet online, your online wagering experts. You were there for the changing of the guards, essentially, for the Steelers' defense. Um, so you were playing with, you know, started off playing with Ryan Clark and Ike Taylor right. and uh, Troy Polamalu. And right. what, what was it like playing with them? And what was their kind of leadership style to help, help you with your game? Man, it was awesome playing with those guys as a, as a young rookie, man. Uh, one one thing's for sure is that, you know, when I was in high school, man, I used to always watch Troy Palomalu highlight tapes before my football games, you know, in high school. So to actually be able to sit in the same room with Troy Palomalu, the first time I met him, you know, I was starstruck. I think that's the first time I've ever been starstruck in my life. Wow. And uh, But he was such a humble guy. And for him to show me you know, how he watched film and how he went about his daily business. And even Ryan, you know, how Ryan took care of his body. And uh, Ryan even invited me out to train with him in the off season. Uh, and I ended up training at the same place that Ryan trained that, you know, my whole career, uh, just based off of him, you know, being willing to fly me out to the place where he trained and take care of my, my training for me. You know, it was just, you know, those guys just open, you know, welcomed me in with open arms and, um, like I say, I'm forever thankful for the leadership that they showed for me and for that team because it helped me become the player that I am, uh, that I was, and it uh, actually helped me make the team as well, too. Nice. And after the players retire, you earn more playing time and get starts on defense. So right. what was it like coming through that tunnel on Heinz Field, getting your name called? for the, uh, the opening, uh, opening uh, defense running out. Right, of the right, man. I tell you what, man, it, it, was, it brought chills to the body, man, you know, to be on that level and be able to play at that level and get your name called in front of Stiller Nation. Yep. And, I mean, everybody chanting for you. I mean, it was, it, was, it was definitely a thrill, you know, to have an experience, man. So I was thankful for it. You know, I was thankful for Stiller Nation and the whole Stillers organization. I mean, it's a first-class place. And uh, everything that they do is first class. So to be able to, you know, play most of my career with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, man, it was such a blessing uh, for me and my family, for sure. Oh, that's great. And then yeah. you, your time comes to an end in Pittsburgh, and you're signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. And uh, so what was it like playing and competing in Kansas City during that preseason? 
Um, you know, it, it was it was cool, man, but it was definitely different. You know, at the end of the day, I say that uh, Steeler Nation and the Steelers organization is one of the best organizations in the whole NFL. And uh, a lot of players, believe it or not, say us that, you know, once you play for the Steelers, it's hard to play anywhere else because of the, you know, the locker room environment and the team environment. And yeah. um, I experienced that firsthand. But uh, the Chiefs were definitely a great organization. I love Coach Andy Reid. But, um, however, it just wasn't, you know, it didn't feel like Steeler Nation over there. So um, I decided to retire and uh, spend my time with my family. <laughs> yeah, because that was really unique. Um, it was – one of the first times that we got to hear um, uh, you, you actually got to break your own retirement and you broke it on Twitter. Yeah. And, and so, uh, can, so can you talk about your reasons then for wanting to leave the game at that time? Um, you know, I, I'll say that, you know, uh, when I took my trip to Kansas City, man, uh, I was kind of sold a dream, so to say. Um, but, but then, like I say, you know, I was so used to being, you know, with the Steelers organization, which I spent, you know, six years with and created so many bonds and stuff with families and friends over there that, um, it just, it, it was a home feeling for me. And, and then when I went to Kansas city, it didn't quite feel like home and, um, you know, I wasn't really happy there. So, um, yeah. I decided to do what makes me happy and what made me happy at that time was, uh, being around my wife and my child. Um, you know, then I ended up having a second boy and, um, you know, life has been good. You know, I, I actually do a lot of stuff in, throughout my community back, uh, in my hometown, you know, Fresno, California. So that's kind of been, you know, my radar and things that I've been doing, you know, ever since I left the game. But, um, you know, like I say, I just, I, I feel like in life, in order to live life at its fullest, you got to do what makes you happy. And at that time, you know, what made me happy was being around my family and, um, I definitely felt like I made the right decision at that. Nice. And yeah. when you were in Kansas City, I know you had another incredible safety in Eric Berry over there as well. Did, right. Did you get to a feel of his game and how he approached the game? Yes. You know, Eric Eric was a, a, a very hardworking guy. You know, he spent a lot of time. He was, you know, still recovering from the Achilles injury when I was there. So I never really got to see oh. him uh, practice, you know, like – um, on a day-to-day -day basis, like how we was practicing. But uh, from the way that he went about his training, you know, to the way that he went about his eating habits and um, how he, you know, just studied the game, you know, it was admirable, to, you know, to just to sit around in that same room with him and see it, um, how he approached the game. You know, I can definitely see why he's one of the greatest safeties to play in the NFL because how he went about his business on a daily basis for sure. And uh, there's one thing on your Instagram account that I think is just really, really cool. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to see if I can get this up. Let me drop this for a second. Um, <laughs> because it, it's it's pretty recent, and it just came out for Father's Day. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> really cool painting. Yes, it is. Tell Steeler Nation, you know, how did you get this and what it all means? Because I want to hear it from your point of view. Right. Uh, man, shout out to Dorsey Art, man. He's a phenomenal artist. Um, but one thing about me, man, I wanted to have a painting that kind of wrapped up my whole career in one, you know, from, from my high school days to, to, to the day that I retired. Oh. And um, like I said, my high school kind of resembles uh, Stillers. So the black and gold represents, you know, my Edison High School. And it also represents Stiller Nation, as you can see. Um, and then obviously the other side is my U of A days, you know, where I wear number one and, 
uh, U of A kind of gave me the platform to be able to play with the Steelers. And I told them I wanted just a little hint of Kansas City Red in there because I was only <laughs> there for a short period of time. Yeah. And so that's where you get a little bit of red um, and a little bit of red on the helmet. But, um, I, I mean, I had a vision to have all the teams, you know, put into one. And Dorsey did a great job at doing it. And uh, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to hang that up inside of my house. Uh, oh. Like I say, me and my family, we're getting ready to relocate back to California. Yeah. And uh, as soon as we do, that's the first thing that's getting hung up. In my oh, home. awesome. <laughs> do you have a spot for it? Where are you going to put it? Absolutely. Soon you walk through the door, I want people to see it. It's gorgeous. It's great work. And I would love to use this picture too to promote the uh, podcast if you don't mind. Absolutely. Yes, please awesome. do. Awesome. Awesome. So I will do that. And uh, so now we're at the point of the podcast where we take questions from Steeler Nation. So awesome. <laughs> we got on Twitter, we got some responses and uh, from Ryan Chepkevich, he okay. asks, what was your favorite play that you made as a Steeler? Uh, has to be the – I would say it was the fake punt uh, when I threw it to Darius Hayward Bay, but um, another one of my favorite plays was the interception that I had against the Cincinnati Bengals to secure the victory in Cincinnati. Oh. Um, I, think, I think Mike Mitchell had went down for a play or so, and uh, I happened to just run and run on the field because he was hurt, and uh, I was his backup, and – they ended up, you know, coming out in a formation that I was studying all week. And I said, if they come out in this formation, I'm oh. going to intercept this ball. And nice. <laughs> they came out in that formation on the one play that I got in and I was able <laughs> to intercept it. And uh, I just felt like it was meant for me to get in on that play. So uh, that was definitely one of my favorite plays. Now, did you also score a touchdown on a fumble recovery in, an en in the end zone? I did. I did. I, uh, I think the fumble was forced by Shamarco Thomas, another former safety of uh, yes. the Steelers on punt. Yes. And uh, the ball just happened to rumble in the, in, into the end zone. And me being, you know, the guy that's going 110 yep. percent, uh, I was able to get down there in time to recover it in the end zone. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I know, right? So uh, Noah Bonner, another Steeler Nation member, asked, uh -huh. You were there when the defense transitioned, obviously, from the old guard to the core group today. How did the leadership get passed down from one generation to the next? Um, man, you know, Stiller, the, the whole Steelers team, man, it's a bunch of leaders on that team. So, um, you know, when, when, when Troy and um, Ike and all those guys left, you know, uh, the Steelers uh, organization brought in Mike Mitchell, who was a veteran safety. And um, then you had other guys like myself and, uh, people that were still around, uh, like James Harrison and all those guys who were able to lead and mentor young men that when their times was up, you know, people were ready to fill those shoes. So uh, I'll say it definitely got passed on, you know, the right way. And it's always good to have a lot of continuity. You know, when you have a quarterback that's been there for a long time, he kind of uh, sets the stage uh, for what a locker room environment is supposed to be like. So, um, you know, when you have guys like Ben Roethlisberger and coach like Mike Tomlin, you know, that's a head of a great organization. Um, you can't help but to have a whole bunch of leaders on that team uh, to help the team, you know, continue to be successful. That's great. Yeah. And our last questions comes from Anarita Howell. Uh -huh. And she says, I'm very proud of the charitable work you have committed to in Fresno and Fresno Unified. When, when are you coming back to visit and check with us, check in with us at Mc, in the McLean region? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Mrs. Howell, I know exactly who she is. I actually, uh, 
did a prep rally for uh, her school. She's actually a principal at a school out in uh, Fresno. So uh, she had me come speak one off season and uh, I'm definitely going to come back and visit them for sure. But uh, Fresno is, you know, my hometown. Like I say, I do a lot of charity work out there still to this day. And um, I'm also planning a lot of other things to come for uh, the Fresno community. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to getting back uh, to visit the whole Fresno community and when I do, I'm going to definitely come visit Mrs. Howell and her school for sure. <laughs> and that's great. And uh, speaking of charities, you're, you're working on a new project right now. Yes, uh, I you, am. Can you talk to Steeler Nation what that is and yeah. run us through it? Yeah, so um, in August of 2021, I am opening up my own charter school, which is the Golden Charter Academy. Um, I'm actually going to be affiliated with the Fresno Chaffee Zoo. Uh, so we're bringing a zoology type school uh, for a K through eight school. Um, we're opening up, you know, K through third, and we're going to phase out every year. Um, the great thing about this Golden Charter Academy school is that um, out of uh, five um, zoology schools that's out there right now, uh, we're going to be the first uh, K through eight zoology school in the whole United States. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I believe that it's going to empower my underserved community out in Fresno, California. And uh, we're going to be able to uplift a lot of kids and uh, help their dreams become reality like mine's did. That's great. And obviously, if you want to get some more information, I got it right up here on the screen for everybody on the YouTube vidcast, robertgolden.org. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. RobertGolden.org. Uh, my website now is um, actually being, you know, updated. So um, if they check back a little bit later, they have all a lot of information about me and what I'm doing um, in my Fresno community. And um, if they're willing to contribute, um, I'm sure it'll be a link on there as well, too. So uh, please, you know, look out for the RobertGolden.org uh, website to get all the information about the Golden Charter Academy and other things that I'm doing throughout, you know, my community. Nice. And Steeler Nation, you got to follow Robert Golden on the on a social media. He's an awesome guy. He's got Absolutely. great content, and that's why I just love uh, getting to know him a little bit better now that we're especially talking face to face. Which right, I, it's right. A, I tell you, I tell you what, man. Uh, we're we're living in some challenging times right now, but Zoom has been uh, one of the greatest things invented. You know, especially for these times. You know, to be able to connect with uh, people like you and other have meetings you know and continue to social distance so that we can all stay safe um i think that's the biggest thing about it all right now you know is to continue to stay safe to uh continue to promote our environments and uh continue to make this world a better place so i'm thankful that you was able to have me on here man and uh look forward to always catching up with stiller nation oh well said well said yeah. stiller nation you gotta follow robert on twitter at r R-0-B-G-0-L-D-E-N. That's Rob Golden with zeros for O's. And on exactly. Instagram <laughs> at GoldenBoy21, where the O in boy is a zero. That's G-O-L-D-E-N-B-0-Y-21. Exactly. And, and thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. I'd like to give you a little token of our, our, our appreciation and send you a podcast T-shirt. Awesome. We'll shoot. We'll, we'll talk back and forth on email and get all those details. But thank Sounds you for, good. for sharing thank your time with me and for sharing your time with Steeler Nation. Absolutely, man. It's always a pleasure to connect with Steeler Nation. And uh, I'm always available, man. Anytime. Just shoot me an email and I'll hop back on with you. <laughs> Great to hear. Great Thanks, to hear. Thanks, Stryker. <laughs> thank you, Rob. <laughs>
You too can get great unique gifts on SteelerNation.com gear page. We have every size and many color choices to satisfy all of Steeler Nation. SteelerNation.com is the best site for fast, unique Steeler content on the internet. Click the podcast button to listen to one of our many interviews or click on the forum button for the best football discussion on the internet. Subscribe to the SteelerNation.com YouTube channel to be the first to know about our live vidcasts like this one and video uploads, of course. Tweet us at SteelerNation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the Steeler Nation uh, podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast. And follow your host, G Striker, Steeler Nation Striker, on Twitter and Instagram at SN Striker. And Striker is spelled with a Y. Thanks for joining us for the SteelerNation.com podcast. I am your host, G Striker, with Robert Golden, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!